0: Good morning, Cultivate Church. Welcome to Church Online. I'm so glad that you're tuning in this morning. If you're a first-time guest, I'm so excited that you're here. It's going to be a great day, so stand up and let's get ready to worship. Good morning, Cultivate Church, and thank you for tuning in to Cultivate Church online today. And to all of our guests who may be watching for the very first time, we want to welcome you and let you know that we are honored that you are part of our online worship experience today. And I'm also so excited to say that we are back to meeting in person at both of our campuses. We are cleaning and preparing for a safe environment. We have all of our chairs separated, so we have good six feet of distance, and we're doing all of the things that we can to make sure that we have a safe environment for you to be a part of. We're doing family worship together, so it's been a lot of fun having the kids and the whole family in the worship experience together on Sunday. So we want you to know both of our campuses are open. Alabaster is 9, 1015 and 1130, and then in Columbiana at 9 and 1015. And so when you're comfortable and you're ready, we encourage you to come on and get back in with us. There's nothing better than being together. And today I'm so pumped because we're beginning a brand new series that we're Calling proverbial. And I'm excited about this series because we're taking everyday Proverbs that you've heard or maybe that you have said, and then we're digging into the book of Proverbs and taking wisdom for our life. And I think in a time and a season, with everything that is happening around us, that we need more than ever before. Last week, Pastor Brandon Dawes did an incredible job talking about when our world is divided. And with everything happening around us Uh, In this season of life, we need God's wisdom like never before. And last month when we talked about what to do and you don't know what to do, and we talked about God directing our steps, we're going to take this another step farther this month with this series called Proverbial. And all of this comes from Proverbs chapter 1. Verse 3, and here's what it says. Their purpose, the, the Proverbs, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them to do what? What is right, what is just, and what is fair. And I don't know about you, but I think this is absolutely the season where we need God to help us live disciplined and successful lives. If there's anything about my life that I want to be, is I want to be disciplined so that I can be successful. And the way we define success is important. We need to understand that success is not just the way the world would would define it. Success is not about all that we gain, but success is about, for us, living life on purpose and making a difference in the world around us, and especially right now when the world needs us the most. And it's to help them to live and to do what is right, just and fair. And so as we're digging into some Proverbs, we're going to be discussing and discovering what the book of Proverbs says about some of the things that maybe we already say or are ingrained in our lives already. Here's a few proverbial sayings that I love, I think are are funny. One that says, out of the frying pan and into the fire. Maybe you've heard that before. Meaning leaving from a little trouble into even more. Don't count your chickens before they're hatched. Now, I grew up in the country, and that's when I heard a lot. Somebody would say, well, that's great, but don't count your chickens before they're hatched. In other words, don't get too excited before it happens. Don't bite off more than you can chew, meaning don't take on more responsibility or something that you can't follow through with. I love this one. It says a bulldog can whip a skunk, but sometimes it's just not worth it. And I love the thought behind that proverb because, yeah, a bulldog, it, it can overtake the skunk, but that bulldog is going to smell for months to come. Sometimes it's just not worth it. Ladies, you'll appreciate this. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. We've heard that. We've said that. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. But a woman must do what he can't. Proverbial sayings, they all give us wisdom and direction and thoughts and actions of our life. But today, we're going to land on one of the most famous proverbs, and maybe you've said it, or maybe you've heard it, a rolling stone gathers no moss. I titled your message today, a rolling stone gathers no moss. And we're going to take wisdom From this proverb out of the book of Proverbs as we apply it to our life today. The term a rolling stone gathers no moss, it has Two different meanings. One meaning is is that the stone continuously moves, our lives continuously move, we never settle down long enough to have responsibilities or to have a rooted life so that we never gain the moss. It never grows to us because we never slow down enough for it to catch us. Many people think that's a good thing because they think, well, I'm living carefree, I'm living happy, I've got no responsibilities, I've got nothing weighing me down, I've got nothing tying me down. Many of us thought, uh, many times I'm sure, if I didn't have to do this or if I had all the time in the world, I would do all of these things. And during quarantine, we had all the time and all the stuff and we're going, I can't wait to get back to a normal routine. Maybe you've said that. But the other interpretation of this ancient proverb, a rolling stone gathers no moss, is that we have to slow down, we have to stop, we have to dig some roots, we have to have some responsibilities, we have to build some relationships in order to gain or achieve everything that life has for us. All the good that God would want to bless us with. And so as we dig into scripture today and out of the Proverbs, I want to take what God's word says about our life and I want to talk about how do we get the moss? How do we have things that are attractive in our life that the Bible says that people will know the life that we live because of the fruit that we bear. In other words, what is planted and what is tended to and what is cared for eventually harvest into something that is good for everybody. And so I think for us, in the season that we're in, this is a great time to learn how to slow down, how to build some roots, and how to gain all of the things that God would want to put in me so that he can take it out of me and give it to the lives of other people who are around us. Because I can promise you today, there are people that need to know the things that God has planted inside of your heart. There are people out there who are hurting. And the more that we stop, and we embrace the things of God, we have something that there is to give. And so today, as we see that a rolling stone gathers no moss, we're going to discover how do we gain the moss that God desires for us to have in our life. But I want us to pray, and right where you are, I want you to say, God, I know that I'm in my house. I know that there's a lot going on around me, but I desperately need to hear from you today. I need to receive from your word. And so we're going to pray that God would help us to be better than we were before we started this moment in the Scripture together. So, Father, I love you. God, I celebrate you today. And, Father, today I'm still heavy-hearted from everything that is happening in the world that is around us. And God today we need you. We need the wisdom that you bring. And Father there's a lot of wisdom that's given in our daily lives. Things that we say and we don't even know why we say it. Terms that we use and we don't even know where they come from or what they really mean. But God there's great wisdom that you gave us through your word in the book of Proverbs. A book of wisdom. It's what the book of Proverbs is. It teaches us to be successful. So today, as we open your word, we pray, Father, that we hear you speak to us, so open our ears. We pray, Father, that we can understand it, so open our minds. And Father, we pray that we live it out, God, that it, that it permeates our lives, so open our heart, that we retain it. Not that we're just hearers, but that we are doers. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, proverbial statements. How do we gather the moss? Number one, on your outline, it takes commitment. Write that word down, commitment. That's a tough word for many of us. It's tough to be committed. There's so many reasons why we can come up with an excuse or a reason why we don't like to commit. But every one of us, if we're going to have something worth something, it takes commitment. If we're going to gather the moss, if we're going to slow down long enough, we have to commit to the process. Listen to what the Bible teaches us in Proverbs 28, verse 19. It says, Whoever works his land, I want you to underline the statement, his land, because that's important. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. So that there's an abundance, there is a harvest from working our land and whoever works this land will get plenty of bread but he who follows worthless pursuits so there's two sides to this coin there's the one who who commits and who works your land you receive but the one who doesn't and who follows worthless pursuits notice what happens will have plenty of poverty there's a principle here that scripture is giving us about the statement and the livelihood of commitment. Being able to decide that this is my land, this is my responsibility, this is a blessing, this is something that has been entrusted to me, and the care that I take of it, the work that I put into it, produces something out of the commitment in which I have given. And if there is a lack of commitment, And I follow everything. Notice, if I follow worthless pursuits, we'll have plenty of poverty. So, uh, So a rolling stone that gathers no moss, that stone continuously moving and chasing worthless pursuits, well, in the end, at wherever that destination is, ever how long that journey takes us until the stone begins to slow and stop, we look back and we realize because we never committed, To work our land, we end up in a place of poverty. It takes commitment to get anything good or great out of life. We expect things to be easy. We like to do it the easy way. We like the instantaneous. We like the microwavable process. You stick it in a few minutes or a few seconds and you're ready to go. But the greatest things takes commitment. I am uh, one who does not like Cardio. I know many of you, you diet, you exercise, and some of you are are the crazies that like to run. You get that thing called runner's high, which I say you're not supposed to get high. You know, Don't do it. The runner's high, you enjoy it. It's, it's, a, it's therapeutic for you. you. You have a clear thought process while you run. You like to pray while you run. and I just don't enjoy the process. There's never been anything that I have enjoyed out of running. Really, the only time I feel necessity or compelled to run is if someone or something is chasing me. But I go through seasons where I really try hard to work on cardio and I go to the gym and I exercise and if I'm in a good routine of commitment, I will tackle the treadmill first. I will tell myself until you do this treadmill, until you put in this work, you can't do any of the other things that you enjoy. So I would do like many of you and I go up and I get myself ready and I do my stretches and, you know, I stretch my legs and I've got the right shoes on, I've got the right clothes on and, you know, modern day and in, in, in gyms and in the treadmill, we do it a little differently. There's, there's, there's entertainment. We have our phones, we have televisions and so I'll carry my phone and I'll put it up on the holder and I've got my, my earbuds in and I've got something that is going to entertain me and get me through this process. And so I will start off kind of walking, you know, on a low, a low pace, and I'm getting my heart rate up a little bit. I'm doing good, thinking this is not so bad. I'm going to do this today, and then I put it at just a slow jog, just a little bit of a, a drift, and I'm like, okay, I've got this, and I can do it. And I'm tuned into whatever I'm watching or whatever I'm listening to. And then there's that moment where you go, okay. Now I'm serious. And you you punch it up to a higher speed and you're running and you're thinking, well, this isn't so bad. I can do this. And then what feels like an hour into the process is really only a few minutes for me. And then I start to notice that my legs are hurting a little bit. My calves are beginning to burn. And then my, my other parts of my lower body are starting to catch up to the burn. And then I notice that my shortness of breath is happening and my heart begins racing. And suddenly, in my mind, I go, why am I doing this? I would rather be doing something else. And the entertainment that was once keeping me focused is no longer keeping me focused. And at that moment, my commitment begins to be challenged. And I'm asking us today, how many of us do do that scenario in so many different places of life that we start the process, we've got all the tools, we've we've committed ourselves to it, we've gotten everything ready, And then in the middle of it, we start to challenge our commitment. And then when I fail to commit, the next step is that I quit. Because when I'm on that treadmill, it's the commitment that will keep me running the course. It's my commitment that will get me to my end destination. But when I do not commit, the next step is that I choose to quit. And I have to be honest with you today, there are many times that I set a distance goal or a time goal that I was going to achieve when I stepped on that treadmill only to find out that my commitment was not there strong enough to lead me to my destination. And without the commitment, I tend to quit. The reason is, is we put our comforts over our commitments. We are all so guilty at taking our comfort level and putting it over our commitments. As I think about the world that's around us right now, the attitudes and the actions that are taken, the things that are being said, and all the division, I happen to believe it's because we've let our comfort overcome our commitments to be unified as a, as a culture, as a people. Doing what Jesus asked us to do, and, and that was to be one as He and, and God are one together. He wanted that for us, and so we've let our, our convenience and our desires overcome our commitment. And then the, the fact of it is that life is shaped by our commitments. So we can look around and we can see the fruits of the life that we live and what our commitments have gotten us. And if we work our land, then we have plenty. But if we follow worthless pursuits, we end up in poverty. We become whatever we are committed to. If life is a sum of our commitments, we become what we are committed to. And I see this as a pastor in, in the world of church. I see people who give their heart of their life to Christ and they are just sold out to what God has done for them. And then suddenly, they stop working their land. We have a tendency to change every single season that blows and comes our way. We, we go this direction and we go that direction and we don't stay in this church very long and then we go to the church across the street because we like something better over there or we bail on our relationships because something wasn't pleasing us. And so we bail on this commitment and we go over here and we do that thing over there. We can't stay in a job long enough to advance and get to the place that we want to go because of this reason or that reason. We choose our convenience over our commitment. And because the stone never stops, it never gathers any moss. And so there's a few areas of inventory I want to ask us about today that I think are important in our life. The first uh, that I think we ought to do, and this is extra, you can write this down, is our spiritual commitments. What are our spiritual commitments? I should choose God every time over my greed. God should be first before my greed. God over greed. And you think, well, I'm not a greedy person. I don't have greed in my life. Well, I challenge that for all of us because greed is out of a place of selfish desire or selfish ambition. And all of us are born with innate greed in our heart. Kids, from the very beginning, we have to teach them that it's not about them, that everything is not for them. And so we have to develop because of commitment and a way of living that we understand that greed should not be number one. God, the things of God, should always be number one in my life. And when many of us get off course, often it is because we have let our greed overcome God in our life. If you plant a seed, if you say I'm going to plant a tree, or I'm going to plant a bush, or I'm going to plant a vegetable, and then you decide, well, I would have preferred if I had put that on the other side of the yard. So I'm going to dig that up and I'm going to move it over there. And you leave it a few days and then you go, you know what, I probably should have put that in the front yard. And you dig it up again and you move it to the front yard. And then maybe a little time later you go, you know what, There's, that's not the best spot. There's more sun over there. And then you move it to that location and then you go, but you know, I got to take the water hose farther to water it. So I'm going to move it back over here. Do you know what happens? You spend your time digging up something that never had the opportunity to take root in your life. Spiritually, many of us are uprooting spiritual disciplines of our life because of a lack of commitment, and we will never see the growth in Christ, in God, in Him, that He wants for us to have. We have to be committed to the spiritual things of our life. Relational commitments... Many of us struggle in relationships. If somebody makes us mad, if somebody says the wrong thing, if you read the wrong post on Facebook, the text message had the wrong attitude, the way you read it, and you got offended, we, we struggle in our relationships. And your relationship with God is revealed through your relationship with others. Did you know that? The things that you say to people, the way that you treat people, The way that I love my brothers and my sisters. The way that I would embrace another culture or another skin color. The way that I love other people is a reflection of the way that I love God. The relationships with other people is a reflection of my relationship with others. That's why it's so important that my commitment to the spiritual things is number one. Because it overflows into the relational things. And then our financial commitments. Why are we in the financial shape that we're in? Is God the source of your supply? And if God is the source of your supply, what is it that you are supplying with your source? In other words, if God gives me everything I have and I recognize God as my source, well, what do I do with my source? What what do I take and benefit with what God has given me? Is it more debt? Do I dig a deeper hole financially so that I'm always behind? Am I always struggling in the place of finances because I'm not committed to the hard work to tend my land that I've been given, my area, and my, my influence, my responsibility? Or am I constantly changing and looking for something different? And i found myself in a financial place. My physical commitments. Am I... Gaining or am I losing? In other words, am I gaining life? Am I gaining strength? Am I gaining health? Or am I committed to losing it? We all make these decisions every single day. And every decision, every circumstance that we find ourselves in, spiritually, relationally, financially, and physically, are a result or a reflection of our commitment. We should be committed to the things that God is committed to. And all of these things are wrapped up in God's Word. I'm challenging you today that where you are, on your job, that is your land. In your relationships, that is your land. In your family, that is your land. In your community, that is your land. In your church, that is your land. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. But whoever follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. A rolling stone gathers no moss. So if you're going to gather moss, you need, number one, commitment, and number two, consistency. Notice this in Proverbs 20 and 4, sluggards do not plow in season. Underline the statement in season. So at harvest time, they look but find nothing. In other words, when it's in season, it's time for it to be there. They have nothing because they didn't plow when it was time to plow. There's seasons for everything, but most of us, when we commit to something, if we don't see it immediately, we abandon it. Your body, we, we get upset. I, I've, I, I died it all night. The past eight hours, I've eaten nothing, and we went to sleep. And we wake up, and we realize nothing has changed, and we wonder why not. Your body is not Amazon Prime. You won't get what you want in two days. It takes time, and it takes commitment And the consistency is what achieves the commitment. We have seasons. It says sluggards do not plow in season when it's time. In other words, they skipped it. They decided they would do it another time. But we have a season, so we have to consistently work the seasons that we have. We have spring, where things are fresh and we begin to see new life and new growth. And then we have summer, where things grow and they produce. And then we have the season of of fall, where, where harvesting comes from all the labor that we've been working through spring and summer. And then you have winter, where things begin to die away and it's time to do it all over again. And every one of those seasons represent a season of life. And there are seasons that are better than others. There just are. There are some seasons that are tough with the intent to teach us. The tough seasons have intentions to teach us. That's what they're for. God is stretching us and God is growing us. And the commitment that we have and the consistency through every one of those seasons that when it's time to do this action in this season... It holds me to my commitment. So there's some consistency questions I want to ask you today. These will just help you to know, am I a consistent person? Do you quit in stressful seasons? Do you? When it's a stressful season, do you find yourself just stressed out so you quit? You get stressed out and you go, I'll, I'll try that again later. I can't do it one more day. The stress is just overwhelming, so I'm just going to hang it up. I'm not worried about the commitment. And so when you're not consistent in what you committed to, you quit. Do you quit when the new becomes normal? How many of us, well, in fitness world, and that exercising illustration, when we get ready, we buy the clothes, we've got the workout outfits, we've got the headphones, we've got everything we need when we walk into that gym. And it feels good. It's a new year. It's a new you. And then suddenly, one week goes by, two weeks go by, and it doesn't feel new anymore. The new is worn off, and suddenly it's become normal. So we just give up and we quit. We're not consistent. Do you quit when you don't gain a goal? When you don't get the outcome that you wanted, do you find yourself quitting? Those are all signs of the consistently, consistency levels of our life. To complete our commitments, we need to trade convenience for consistency. If we're going to follow through and complete those commitments... Well, we have to trade in that, that idea and that emotion, that feeling of convenience, we have to trade it for consistency. I have a leak in, uh, in one of the bathrooms in my house, the faucet. Just out of the faucet, just a small, tiny drip that I've got to get fixed. And right now, it's an annoyance because it's just dripping. And in my brain, every time it drips, all I see is, is quarters and cents, you know, turning like it's costing me money on my, my water bill. That's the way I think. And, but I was thinking about just the consistency of that drip. And I happened to think about all the canyons and the formations that we love to see in our, in our world. All of the amazing uh, canyons and, and the valleys and how the water flows through those. And they're just amazing. And really what that was is just over time, just water, small drips, that over long periods of time, through consistency, created something that's absolutely amazing and so you take something as small as a drip of my faucet and you apply it in the right way you put it in the right place and let the power over time with consistency do what it does it has a lot of power and a lot of potential never minimize the power of consistency in your life it's not always doing it the best It's not always getting it right every time. It's not that you won't fall or fail or or miss it, but it's just being consistency. Because when you're not consistent, when you don't plow in the right season, at the right time, when it is harvest time, we'll find nothing because we haven't been consistent. There's some things that I think will help you in your consistency. There's some things that I think will help you to realign your actions every day. And the first is, this is extra, is remember who. Remember who you're doing it for. Remember when we said if our commitment is first to God, then my commitment to Him orders everything else after that. It brings health to my life. So when I remember who I'm doing it for, it motivates me to do it one more time. And then I remember why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I've been blessed and because I have a purpose on this planet and because God wants my life to impact the lives of others. And, and I remember that if I continue to do it, my why is for the who, and then I say, remember what? Remember what you'll gain. Remember what you'll do. Remember what you will accomplish through your consistency of your life, following through in your commitments. Remember who you do it for, why you're doing it for the Lord, And remember what is to come because of your actions. The number three, the last thing that I believe that we need to gather moss, because a rolling stone gathers no moss, we need commitment, we need consistency, and number three, we need care. It takes a lot of care. Notice in Proverbs 23 and 19, it says, My child, listen and be wise. All right, God, we're listening today. We're listening for wisdom. What are you saying? He says, keep your heart on the right course. Why is it important that my heart stays on the right course? Because the Bible says, above all, the heart is deceitful. Because our heart is attached to our emotions and our feelings, and and our heart is attached to what we see on TV, what we hear on the radio, what we read, and, and what we acknowledge on Facebook, and all the different things that are coming at us. Our heart's attached to that. So we have to keep our heart on the right path, on the right course, so that God would, would guard our heart so that we are healthy and we can care for the consistent things of our life to fulfill the commitments of our life. It takes care in order to grow the things of God in my life and in my life around me. Your heart is, is, a, is a daily struggle. It just is. My heart is a daily struggle to keep myself aligned in my emotions and my feelings that come from God and not from the culture that is around me. You know, our hearts, they shift and they change. My son, a few weeks back, uh, we pray every night before bed. And one night, my son, he said, he said, dear Jesus, I pray that my mom and dad would go to jail. That's what he prayed. I don't know why he prayed it, but that's what he prayed. And we instructed him and taught him and helped him understand that that was a really bad prayer. And I just told him, said, buddy, if, if you pray that mom and dad go to jail, we're never coming back. We're never coming home. We will leave and never come back. Is that what you want? And he said, no, that's not what I want. And so he went to bed, and the next day, randomly in the middle of the day as he was playing, he stopped. And he said, Dad, he said, we need to pray. And I said, what, why do we need to pray? He said, I need to talk to Jesus, and I need to ask him to forgive me. And he's never done that before. And I said, buddy, what are you talking about? What do you need to ask forgiveness for? He said, because I prayed that you and mom would want to go to jail. And so he stopped right there and he prayed and said, Jesus, I'm sorry, I don't want my mom and dad to go to jail. And you know, in his actions, he missed it. He did something he shouldn't have done, said something he shouldn't have said in a moment. But his heart, God corrected his heart. And because his heart was corrected to the right path, It corrected everything that was around him. Because of his care, it changed the attitude and the atmosphere. He learned a lesson. It it reflected the relationships that we have. Church today, God is so desiring to get our hearts, to put us on a right path, so that the rolling stone that gathers no moss would slow down long enough to be able to grow, to be able to dig roots, and to be able to embrace and receive all that God wants for us. Commitment and consistency, it takes care. I'm asking us today, do we care enough to try? Do we care enough just to try, to get up another day and say, God, I'm going to make this the best. I am committed to you, and I'm going to do all the consistent things it takes to please you. I'm going to Get your word. I'm going to be in worship. I'm going to pray and talk to you. I'm going to serve other people. I'm going to be committed to my church. I'm not going to forsake meeting together, as your word says. I'm going to do the things that you've called me to do. I'm going to try. Are you care enough to listen? To listen to what people are saying. Listen to how people feel. Listen to what people's experiences are without a prejudice or preconceived ideas. Do we care enough to listen? Do we care enough to communicate? And do we care enough to commit? God wants us to put care into the the consistency of our life so that we follow through and complete our commitments. Church, a rolling stone gathers no moss. So I'm challenging us today just to say, God, put us rooted, deep, deep down, Father, so that no matter what comes our way, no matter what culture says, No matter what the shifts are that are around us, no matter what my feelings are, no matter what my emotions are, no matter what the fear is, God, we choose that we are going to be deeply rooted in you. Give us wisdom so we can live disciplined and successful lives. I want to pray for you today. Father, right now, I thank you for this word and for every one of my friends who are watching online. And God, I pray today right now that if there's one of us that's listening today that maybe does not have a relationship with you, Jesus, we just choose that this day is a day to try again, to make a commitment to you, and through this commitment to consistently live our lives in ways that is chasing after you so that with all the care, you keep our hearts motivated in the right direction because the cycle, Father, is exactly what you want for our life so that we can achieve and gain and experience everything you have for us so that you can give it from us to the lives of others. So Father, right now, maybe we don't have a personal relationship with you and we ask you for forgiveness. If any person needs a relationship with you, we just say, Father, forgive us of our sins. We devote our life to you. We confess today that we've all gotten it wrong, we've messed up, and Jesus, we need you. So we choose to put you as number one, in our life. And God, I pray for all of my friends who maybe have felt so divided, so torn, maybe we're just depleted, we're ready to give up. The commitments that we've made, God, to you and to our families and our jobs and our health and our finances and God, everything around us just feels so uncertain. So, God, remind us today that the rolling stone gathers no moss. We make a commitment today to live consistently, consistently consistently, with care. We're committed to be consistent with care. Father, I love you today. I celebrate you. I honor you. And I thank you for giving us your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for joining Cultivate Church Online. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, please send us an email at info at We want to send you some next steps on your faith journey. And for those of us that call Cultivate Church home, if you would like to give, there are three easy ways to give right there on your screen. Thank you for being a generous church. We really are making a difference together. I do want to remind you as you're ready and as you're comfortable, we are meeting physically at both locations, Alabaster 9, 1015, and 1130, and at Columbiana at 9 and 1015. We can't wait to see you soon.